OKW Friday Night Showdown this week was sort of a bridging episode. But just because it's a bridging episode, bridging, yes, I'll say it again, a bridging episode, no. Just because of that doesn't mean to say it's not a poor episode or that nothing happened that was of any excellence because they they simply are excellent on a week-by-week basis, week in and week out, to use a common theme at the moment and a common thread, yes, because they've got great angles, they've made some big decisions, they're moving forward with those big decisions, they've got great wrestlers and a great team, it's, um, it's really very special and it's an hour and ten this, but it doesn't seem that way in any way, shape or form. Now, the Persian Empire are out first, and I understand that Henry Winter and uh, and Sid Phoenix, you know, rather than the Lance Russell and Dave Green of wrestling commentary, they're more like the sort of little and large of commentary, some people say. Not me, of course. I'm just recounting what the people are saying. How dare they? Anyway... They want to insult the Persian Empire, and I understand why they want to do that. Of course I do. But, although I don't like the Persian Empire, got to understand that they use the wrestling business and their understanding of the rules and regulations very well. And they've all got belts, apart from Big Duncan, who's an enforcer, so he's got a separate kind of title and separate... um, separate role, and Johan Hunt. Now, I had a little bit of a of a Twitter back and forth with Johan uh, this week, because there was a picture of the Persian Empire with all the belts. They were resplendent, dripping in gold. And I wrote to Johan, who had sent the picture or tweeted the picture, to say, your shoulder's looking a little bare there. Now, he said that I should prepare my... Uh, congratulationary speech or congratulations speech for later on because he will be uh, in the TV tag, uh, the TV title tournament, not the TV tag tournament that would be a little too much, the TV title tournament of which mainly this programme is created and he will be moving on against the owner of the company Jonathan Sedgwick (laughs) Yes, <laughs> yes, your spats have been whitened, yes, and your collars have been stiffened, my lord. You see, he thinks, and he's certain, that he will move forward. So let's see what happens, because that will be your main event. Now, the Persian Empire are, are, are out, and they're successful, and Sid Phoenix even uses the week-in, week-out phrase, which I used early on, you see. It's getting some traction, is it not? And also, fans don't like them. It's not um, go home heat, it's heel heat. Good heel heat. They're a good heel stable, I think we can safely say. And Mustafa Khan, when he does his chats to, to camera, is, is a, good, a good heel person as well in that respect. You know, he really, he really does get the crowd going. And telling him to shut up is exactly right in, in that way. So, we move on to the first TV qualifying match. Robert DeCaro versus Jester J. Rowe Lewis, the third, twice removed. Now, 
you've got Remus Kane out there, you've got to be careful because he needs to keep his head on a swivel. Yes, he's got the round-the-clock title and anyone can take it from him at any point. So he needs to be careful. In fact, do you know, Jerry Lewis could could attack him on the on the outside during the match, I suppose, and um, and claim that sucker. I don't know. Maybe that'd be interesting. That doesn't happen here. It's not really a spoiler. And actually, it's a really good short match. There's um, Decaro taking it to Lewis early on, but Lewis coming back with a with a basement drop kick. Decaro then hits a really high kick. He's limber for a gentleman of his size and shape. Very limber. It puts him right back in control. He then tries to um, gain more control with a big suplex, but there's a, a Jero Lewis drop kick off the top because he likes to get up there. Then a really nice rolling neck breaker from the Lewis one. And Takaro catches him in what looks like it's a rolling neck breaker, but it does look like a crossroads. It really does for a long two. Suddenly, out of nowhere, and you'll get quite a lot of suddenly in this episode, and quite right too, it really adds the excitement. There's a stunner from Lewis for the pin. It was a good short match, a good opener, kept the excitement going, and Remus Kane seemed to get into the ring and talk to Decaro. He didn't seem very happy, and um, quite rightly, Sid Phoenix and, uh, and Henry were um, calling that, but actually, he was staying in the ring because he had the next match. And when the bell sounded, just so you know, the round-the-clock title was not to be contested, but he was facing Cliff Harrison. Now, these wrestlers can both put on a great showing, but the really good thing about this, well, well, there were two things, actually. The first thing was that they had slightly different attitudes and they really melded well. And the second thing was, there's a load of old school stuff here. And throughout this episode, that was a feature. I really liked it. You know, it's like opening the door to an old friend. Come in! Come in! I'm not talking about Big Daddy and Giant A-Stacks. I'm not talking about that. You know, but I remember the old school stuff. Of course I do being so old. Very, very old. That sounds just like the bloke who does the stuff for Jonathan Sedgwick, doesn't it? I must work on my characters. Anyway, this was a rather good match. Um, early on, Kane just called Harrison in. He just beckoned him in and then slapped him. That was lovely. So Harrison thought, I'll have a go at that. His slap was even harder. Very nice. He followed it up with a drop kick. But here's some old school magic for you. Kane rubbed Harrison's eyes across the top rope or along the top rope. I've not seen that for years. And that is beautiful. When Harrison went for his neck breaker, and I'm sure that Kane, well called by the commentary team, was expecting the three of them or for certainly for him to hold on for another neckbreaker type scenario. He hit the first neckbreaker and then just grabbed Remus Kane's head and slammed it into the mat. That was brutal, actually. But Kane came back with a huge spine buster and a spiteful chop to the back. Also a bite. Commentary team, right again. This shows a lack of propriety and a lack of respect. I don't think they use the word propriety. It has a lot of syllables. Anyway, in the ring we get a Harrison atomic drop, old school C, and then a rather nasty running kick for a two count. 
He did hit the cliffside, which is his side effect, but the ref was stopped by one J-O-E Sedgwick, who started this um, distraction shenanigans, I suppose, last week and enjoyed it so much he's trying this week as well. That allowed a belt shot from Remus Kane with his uh, right the clock belt. Cliff Harrison was already out, really, when he put the Devil's Clutch sleeper on for the stoppage. That was a good match. Back and forward, very nicely done. With some distraction, but there was a reason for it. Because with the Persian Empire, you don't need that much of a reason. You just want to cause trouble. And that adds to the flux. I'll say it again. The flux in this program. It's brilliant. Next, we've got a Genesis match, really. It's a triple threat. And it was okay. It was Jacob Reed, who we've seen several times on uh, UKW TV. He's had good showings, particularly in the recent Battle Royal versus Sebastian Mercer. And Dan Adams, you know, the pirate ship captain type bloke with a feather in his cap. Not metaphorical, literal. And they all try that cap on because it looks so good on them all. Early on, Sebastian Mercer just picked Dan Adams up and drove him right across the ring into the buckle. That was pretty good. That was as if to say, I can do this, mate, and I can do it whenever I like. Yeah. Then he tried to go for, for, for um, not Remus Kane. He's not in this match, is he? It will be Jacob Reed. Yeah, Remus Kane can't work two matches, one after the other, surely. It was Jacob Reed. Tried to pull him out of the, of the, uh, the corner, but Reed just put him down because he's a taller man, of course, than either of them. Put him down with a boot in the chest and drove him to the mat. That was very nice. Now, Adams drove quite a lot of the offence here because he's never down and out, this gentleman. He dealt with both of his opponents with big elbows, even when Sebastian Mercer hit him with a massive lariat. Adams even tried to lift Reed. He couldn't, and Reed counter-suplexed him with rather authority. However, Adams didn't give up. Never give up on a good thing. And he suplexed, well, kind of suplexed, Reed. Reed's a big bloke. He's tall and bigger than either Mercer, and certainly Adams. And he only just got him over, but you know he did. Then he kind of hits a sort of rolling move. Contra team quite rightly, and I'm being very nice to them tonight, aren't I? They quite rightly talked through it and talked about it, but it was neither one thing nor the other. And then, in the match, they kind of lost their way for a minute. Jacob Reed looked to be walking around as if he didn't quite know what was happening, and the other two were busying themselves, but to no really good effect. The whole thing came back into sharp focus with a near fall after an Adam's high cross body, and then... This was a really nice way to end it, actually. Reed hit the Jacob's Ladder, which is kind of like a back suplex drop, I suppose. But Adams came in, kicked him to send him out of the ring, or punched him, I can't remember which it was. But he nicked in and nicked the pin, because he's a pirate, and he's won that match. I'm not sure if his main brace will be spliced later on. I'm not sure if it's that much of a success, but it really was something... A good way to end the match. Something very good to end it. In a match that was okay, but nothing fantastic. This next match, however, I was interested to see what was happening, really. What was going to happen, because they're two big blokes, the Yorkshiremen and Madhead. 
This is for the TV tournament. There's some shenanigans about Madhead thinking that Sid Phoenix has nicked his, his boots. And tonight when he sees that the Yorkshireman, who usually wears blue and white, is wearing white boots. And Madhead's also got white boots on. He thinks that his boots have been stolen even though he's wearing them. It's shenanigans, which is okay for a couple of seconds. And then you want to get into the match. So let's do that. There was a very nice Yorkshireman shoulder block and some nice hip tossers and then a slam. Old school, you see. Give us an S, give us a K, give us an You know how it, how it goes. Then, Madhead hit an atomic drop and a stomp. Give us an S, give us a K. Yet again, you know how it goes. The Yorkshireman hit a huge running clothesline. But then I think Madhead thought, I can do that. And I can do that even more brutally. So he did. He almost took the Yorkshireman's head off, I think. Metaphorically speaking, of course. But the Yorkshiremen, they both can wrestle these two. You know, Madhead showed me something against young Horus recently. And the Yorkshireman, in fits and starts, has, has a while ago shown me that he really knows what he's doing in the ring. He drives a spine buster. I mean, it had massive authority. And then bridged back on the Muta lock and Ed tapped, but really slowly. As if to say, which was lovely, because usually you get the, I'm in incredible pain and here's a quick tap. He had a sort of look on his face as if to say, I don't want to tap. I'm doing it slowly because I'd rather not, but I am in excruciating agony. That was really nice. Good match. Leading up to the main event, which we are all waiting for. The Persian Empire, of course, have come out to support Johan Hunt. And he's going to be fighting Jonathan Sedgwick, the boss. Yes, he'll be supporting you, my liege. Well, not all the time. It was a good close match. I have to say, early on, there was a Sedgwick backbreaker. And he held Johan Hunt up while he locked eyes with the Persian Empire. And for some moves that Jonathan Sedgwick executes, they are picture perfect. I have to say this because they really are. Now, Johan Hunt is a spoiler, isn't he? He came back and worked on the leg because there's a super kick that, that Sedgwick could hit. So he wants to take the leg out of that. Sedgwick came out of the corner with a sit-out powerbomb, which was lovely to see. The crowd were well into this. Hunt then worked on the arm bar because he's got a sharpshooter and you need the arms for that. And then his well, it's often lovely, and it was tonight. Bulldog, and then a great sort of modified chicken wing where he pulls back on the on the um, shoulder. We saw it for the first time last week. It was lovely here as well. He did hit his stomp off the ropes. He gets his leg up so high, and he drives that face into the mat. He got a, only got a two count for that. The crowd were hot. The commentary were hot. And so was Johan Hunt. He had a faceful of disbelief. Oh, yes. And then, can you guess what's going to happen? Leonie Rose is holding Jonathan Sedgwick so that her compatriot, Johan Hunt, can run at him and hit a dropkick. I wonder what might happen. Yes, there's Leonie Rose on the floor. Jonathan Sedgwick has moved away and has... Johan Hunt says things like, and I presume he does, I'm very sorry, I didn't intend to hit you. I do apologise. Please accept this apology. I hope that nothing's been too badly broken. 
he turns round into a Sedgwick super kick and then you get the one drop DVD Death Valley Driver it's alright and it gets the pin it was a really hot match and Persian Empire are not happy of course Johan Hunt is going to be jawing at the referee of course he is and also at Jonathan Sedgwick but you were beaten in the ring one, two, three, and if you cannot keep your head on a swivel, as I said before, and if you cannot be, um, if you are going to be distracted, as the rest of the Persian Empire can be, that's something you need to work on. It really is. So the only person who doesn't have a belt, apart from Big Duncan, who, as I've said, has a different, a different service to offer, because he is huge, is Johan Hunt. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few weeks. And it'll be interesting to see what my Twitter interchange will be like with him in the next week. This was another fantastic episode of UKW Friday Night Showdown. It's just... It just goes by so quickly. It's an hour and ten. It could be half an hour. It could be 20 minutes. They know exactly what they're doing. They've set things up beautifully. And even though there weren't those big surprises as there were last week, this was more than solid. It was entertaining from beginning to end. And that is the sign of a great, great wrestling programme. Well done, UKW. Bloody well done. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.